Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is August the 4th, 2023. Uh, here I am. There you are. Happy Friday. And again, welcome to my program. <clears throat> you know, my parents taught me, or at least my dad really used to hammer this one home even more than my mom. He said, nothing is so good that it could not be made better or be so bad they could not make it worse. Here we go again. And you know it's not about something that has been made better. Unfortunately, not in this wacky era, not likely to happen. But now Governor Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, has just signed a bill into law. If you haven't heard about it, you better sit down, fasten your seatbelt, because to call it astonishing, to call it disgraceful, to call it enraging, uh, there's no word that I can use to describe my feelings at this moment. Let me read to you the Fox News headline that ran on July, well, actually, this is August the 2nd, two days ago. Non-citizens enforcing U.S. law will create problems, says Illinois sheriff, become a citizen, and then apply. What are we referring to? Governor Pritzker has signed a bill into law that will enable, in January, aliens to become police officers in the state of Illinois. Let it sink in. And he's not even talking about aliens necessarily with green cards. Uh, And by the way, I would disagree with that in any event. Up until now, the laws have been clear that you're supposed to be a United States citizen in order to become a police officer. It makes sense. You take an oath of office when you become a police officer. These folks don't even legitimately say an oath to our Constitution or to this great nation. They are citizens of other countries. They are not American citizens. Their allegiance is to a foreign government. Now, this isn't an anti-immigrant statement. I'm the son of immigrants. My mother came here ahead of the Holocaust from Poland. Had it not been for America allowing my mother in, she would have died. I wouldn't be here. My kids wouldn't be here. My grandchildren wouldn't be here. This is not an anti-immigrant statement. It's a statement of common sense and reality. At some point, it has to be abundantly clear that our politicians, some of them, especially on the lunatic left, hate America, Americans, and the notion of American citizenship. There's no other way to describe it. There are so many jobs that aliens authorized to work in the United States can do. Why make them police officers? Now, Think about what really is involved here. Now, what Pritzker said and what the law says is that if, if an alien is authorized to work in the United States, they can then go on to enforce the laws, enforce the laws where it concerns Americans, concerns everybody and anybody. And again, you look at that and you say, why in the world would you do it? In, in fact, Let me see if I can bring up the bill. Okay, so here's the bill. Um, 
I, I just want to make sure that you, that you understand the severity and, and the true nature of, of what we're really talking about. It amends the Illinois Municipal Code provides that an individual who's not a citizen but is legally authorized to work in the United States under federal law is authorized to apply for the position of police officer subject to all requirements and limitations other than citizenship to which other applicants are subjected to. This is effective January 1st, 2024. We're going to ring in the new year, boy, oh, boy, in one hell of an incredible fashion. There are two amendments. House Floor Amendment Number 2 provides an individual who's not a citizen but legally authorized to work in the United States under federal law um, shall also be subject to federal approval to obtain, carry, purchase, or otherwise possess a firearm. Senate Floor Amendment 1 replaces everything other than enacting the clause, reinserts the provisions of the engrossment bill, engrossed bill, and adds that an individual against whom immigration action has been deferred by the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services under the Federal Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals process is allowed to apply for the position of a police officer. Let's let all this sink in. First of all, how in the world do you allow somebody who entered the United States illegally to become a police officer? The people that we're talking about where DACA is concerned, this is a really important issue. We're going to dissect all of this tonight. DACA, Deferred Action Childhood Arrival, was a con job, damn if you will, foisted on America and Americans by Barack Obama. If you remember, he made that speech from the Rose Garden, Congress has failed to act, so I'm acting. What did Congress fail to do? They failed to enact the DREAM Act. By the way, for all the talk about how the word alien is hate speech, DREAM Act is an acronym for Development Relief and Education of Alien Minors. So because the word alien gives them the letter A to make it the DREAM Act, suddenly the term alien is palatable because it parallels or furthers their agenda. Otherwise, don't you dare say alien unless you're talking about Martians or UFOs, right? However, because of the DREAM Act, Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors, the term alien suddenly becomes palatable. And the American dream is not supposed to apply to people who are here illegally. Let's start out with that premise. The term alien is a a legal term. And under the Immigration and Nationality Act, the term alien simply means any person who is not a citizen or national of the United States. Why is it such a hated term? Because it provides clarity to the discussion. And when you're a scammer, a con artist, the last thing you want is clarity. Burglars operate under the cover of darkness. Scammers operate under the cover of language that is deceptive and confusing and obfuscating, okay? So they said, okay, Congress failed to pass the DREAM Act, so we're going to take care of these kids. First of all, they don't have to be kids. Everybody was bamboozled into believing, oh, these, they came here as children. Not necessarily. Because the way that DACA was administered stated that any alien up to their mid-30s could apply for relief from deportation if they claim, if they claim 
that they entered the United States prior to their 16th birthday. When aliens run the border, when they evade the vetting process, there is no record of entry that is created. If you come through a port of entry with a passport and a visa, there is a record of your entry. So we can go to the database and say, ah, yes, Charlie Smith entered the United States July 9th, whatever year. Run the border, there's no record. We have no idea who these people are. And the open borders crowd, Obama, and, and you've got them on the right also. Remember, the immigration system is now a delivery system that delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And by the way, it's not just the illegals. It's the high-tech workers. We've killed the middle class with immigration policies for both parties, right? So, number one, it delivers an unlimited supply of exploitable labor. Number two, it delivers an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms, and you have immigration lawyers on both sides of the earth. Now you have a conflict of interest. Number three, an unlimited supply of foreign tourists, an unlimited supply of foreign students, and an unlimited supply of clients to these so-called NGOs, these non-government organizations that are laughably referred to as nonprofits, even though they're getting hundreds of millions of dollars in, in money from the federal government and contracts. It's nuts. It's nuts. So Obama said, we're going to help the children, even though the children could be in their 30s, all they have to do is lie. By the way, there were so many applications, there were no interviews, there were no field investigations. We don't know who these people are. So if some alien applies for DACA, says, my name is Charlie Smith. I last entered the, or I, I first entered the United States 12 years ago when I was 15. There is no way of verifying the information or denying that the information is accurate because there's no resources and no effort made to actually go out, show photographs, knock on doors, and conduct an investigation to determine if the person is lying. None. Not surprisingly, the approval rate for DACA was well over 95%. And I remind you that the 9-11 Commission, to which I provided testimony, said that the number one method of entry and embedding for terrorists, and not just the 9-11 hijackers, but they looked back over a period of 10 years that led up to 9-11. In the majority of cases, the key method of entry and embedding was aliens lying on applications for visas and immigration benefits, including political asylum and work authorization. Okay. That's what this is. So we don't know who they are. <clears throat> They're undocumented. You can't tell a good guy from a bad guy without a scorecard. Undocumented means they have no scorecard. So what could possibly go wrong? We don't know who they are. We're not sure about what country they're from. We don't know when they entered. We don't know how old they were when they entered, which means we don't know if they have prior arrests in another country. We don't know if they are affiliated with gangs with transnational drug trafficking organizations or even terrorist groups. We're clueless. We're flying blind. Mr. Obama said, we're going to give you two-year increments to stay in the United States with employment authorization. These aliens, under the law now signed by the governor in Illinois, will enable DACA aliens who snuck into the country, God knows at what age, to become sworn police officers. They will be given guns and badges and handcuffs and have every authority that every other police officer has. Let it sink in. We're not done. We're not done. DACA was based on a humanitarian immigration program 
that was designed to help aliens who came to America and found themselves in an unforeseen medical emergency or similar emergency. For example, let's say a family comes to the United States from Spain or China or England or Mexico, doesn't matter. They're admitted for a temporary period as non-immigrants to go to Disney World. God, I wouldn't go to Disney World if they paid me. Or maybe they're going down to Cape Canaveral to watch a launch. Or maybe they're going to attend Grandma and Grandpa's 70th anniversary. Who knows? They're here for lawful purposes. They're having a grand old time. And a family member suffers a car accident, has a medical emergency. Uh, One of the older family members has a heart attack, a stroke, whatever. They are no longer able to travel. They need emergency medical care. It would be unreasonable and inhumane to tell them, we don't care how bad your family member has been injured, get them on an airplane and fly them out. We don't do that in America. They might do it in other countries, but not here. And I'm proud of us for that fact. So what do we do? We tell the aliens, okay, go to your doctor, get us a medical evaluation explaining the medical issue concerning your family member, how severe it is, whether they're safe to travel, whether they need medical treatment. If they're getting emergency medical treatment, certainly we're not going to put them on an airplane where they may die. So they go into a hospital, they're in the emergency room, they're being treated, and the doctor comes back and says, look, they suffered a severe brain injury. They won't be fit for travel for months, maybe a year, maybe longer. We have no way of knowing. Under the concept of deferred action, we would then allow that alien to remain in the United States well beyond his or her date that they were supposed to leave, okay? And their family members who came with them will similarly be granted time to remain here to care for them. It's only reasonable. Again, I go back to what America is and who Americans are. We are the most generous and humane people on the planet, something we should be proud of, except our compassion is now being used as a weapon against by politicians like Biden and Obama and a host of others, okay, both parties. Here's an opportunity to to play on the heartstrings of Americans. So the idea is you have a sick family member, an injured family member, you can stay here. We will give you permission to work because few people um, can subsist without working if we're talking about months or years or, or whatever. So we give them permission to stay with the injured or sick family member, and it's done on a case-by-case basis, and the doctors are interviewed every 30 days, every 60 days. The doctor provides medical updates, provides all sorts of data that are required by Homeland Security so that we know that the alien who is in medical distress continues to be unable to travel, continues to require emergency medical treatment at a hospital. This is routine. As an immigration agent, one of the things I did was to work with those doctors and with those hospitals to continually extend the amount of time that the alien's family could remain in the United States to be with that family member. Only reasonable. I agree with the program completely. Okay? But it's, again, done on a case-by-case basis based on an unforeseen emergency out of humanitarian considerations. Very fair. Obama comes along and says, deferred action, we're going to apply it to maybe millions of people 
And all they have to do is claim they came here as teenagers, but they could be as old as 30, whatever. It's not what DACA was designed for. So this is the twisting of a humanitarian program into a backside amnesty program that they couldn't pass through legislation, so they enact through executive order to swindle Americans into believing that somehow this is reasonable. And to this day, if you ask people how old are the DACA aliens, oh, they were children. They came as babies. They, were, they, 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 they had their, 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 their formula bottle in one hand. The reality is very different. So this is a con job. And by the way, what is the deferred action that we're talking about? The ultimate requirement that the alien departs the United States. They have never been lawfully admitted to remain in the country permanently. So we are allowing them to stay here for a temporary period, but ultimately their departure is simply deferred, not canceled. They will have to leave. Again, no allegiance to America, no expectation that they're going to be here for an extended period. Once the situation is resolved, they're supposed to leave. DACA kept on extending it and extending it and extending it, and several judges actually declared that it was an illegal act. I wrote an op-ed for uh, Fox Fox News rather back when Obama made the speech, and I said that what President Obama referred to as prosecutorial discretion should more properly be referred to as prosecutorial deception. It's clear he did not have the authority to do what he did, but what the hell? You just bully your way through, you push your way through, you ram your way through, but yet we're told that no one's above the law. Now, I don't always agree with Donald Trump, and we could have that conversation, but there's too much going on. But just let me tell you, every time I hear some politicians say no one's above the law, I want someone to explain sanctuary cities to me. I want someone to explain DACA to me. These are illegal aliens who've been granted a permission to remain in the country and work, although it's based on bupkis. It's based on Barack Obama's, you know, bad stomach, you know, his, his explosion of gas. <laughs> what do we blame it on? There was no legal foundation for what Obama did. And they, therefore, are basically illegal aliens pending removal. But while they're waiting, they're working and they're living here. This is crazy. It turns the system of law and justice on its ear. It circumvents the legislative process. We're supposed to have the checks and balances of the three uh, houses of government, right? The legislature, the executive, and the judiciary. Well, why bother with the legislative when Obama had his magic pen and his magic phone and he got away with this nonsense and he did it with other things also by executive action? Executive orders really circumvent the legislative process. So we've got... All these aliens who are DACA aliens living the American dream that was designed for Americans who need no longer apply. And we know that at some point they're going to probably have to leave the country. But don't bother Governor Pritzker or his legislation, his legislative branch in Illinois, because those DACA aliens come January 1st will be able to be sworn in as police officers. Okay? Now understand what that means. Under federal law, off-duty police officers may carry their firearms anywhere in the United States without exception that they so desire. 
They might even be able to get on an airplane with their gun on their hip. Even though these are not U.S. citizens, even though we really haven't been able to confirm their identities or their dates of entry or possible affiliation with terrorist, criminal, uh, or drug trafficking organizations. This is a problem. These are aliens who may have been here for a few years. They don't understand American culture the way that a U.S. citizen would be expected to understand it. But they're going to be out on the street, patrolling our streets, interacting with Americans, making life and death decisions, perhaps not understanding fully how our society operates. Think of that naturalized Somali police officer uh, who killed that, uh, that Australian woman several years ago. I believe it was in Minnesota. I believe he was confused about what was going on. So we're going to have more aliens who are confused about what's going on, maybe don't even have the necessary language skills, no understanding of fundamentally how our society is supposed to work, perhaps come from countries where corruption is endemic, and they're going to be police officers here thinking back to how police officers in their home country operate with no checks, no balances, and corruption is wide open. But it gets worse as those uh, hawkers on TV would say, but wait, there's more. So we're going to spend a ton of money recruiting and training police officers who may have to leave the country within a couple of years to the investment that the state made in training them. It goes poof. Meanwhile, as police officers, they have access to law enforcement databases. They have access to law enforcement intelligence. But by the way, in New York, ICE agents can't even run a license plate because Governor Cuomo said, oh, no, if we allow immigration agents to run license plates, they might be effective at arrest people who shouldn't be here. So they actually removed ICE agents from authority to access databases that DACA aliens will easily be able to access. Let that continue to sink in. Now I'd like you to put yourself in the possession of the law enforcement officers who are going to work with these aliens whose identities can't be verified, whose backgrounds can't be identified. I spent 30 years in law enforcement, 26 years as a federal agent. The closest relationship that you have, short of being married or the relationship that you have with your children, hopefully, is the relationship you have with your partner who rides with you in that police car or that federal vehicle going out there every day making arrests, conducting investigations, and so forth. That relationship is a life-or-death relationship. You're depending on your partner to, number one, have integrity, because if he or she doesn't have integrity, you could quickly get sucked into some nefarious situation and lose your freedom, lose your job, maybe lose your life. That's why integrity is so important. Meanwhile, you're also counting on your partner to back you up so that if you're confronted by a deadly situation, you expect your partner to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and protect each other. There is no relationship short of being married that requires these sorts of things of the two people who work together. As a police officer, how comfortable would you be to be assigned to an alien who's been living in the United States for a couple of years does not understand American culture, and is now a police officer, um, lots of luck. Now, how does this benefit the citizens of Illinois? 
how does this benefit the citizens of the United States? Because, again, off-duty, those cops can get on an airplane, a bus, a car, and travel anywhere. They can go to Oregon. They can go to Montana. They can go to Utah. They can go anywhere they feel like, anywhere their heart desires. They can go to Alabama. They can go to Arizona. Pick a state. Pick a city. And they can strut around town with that gun concealed on their person because that is what federal law permits. Now, if you're here illegally, you're not supposed to have a gun, and that's a serious crime. It's 10 years in jail. I know I made quite a few arrests of aliens who were here illegally, and we charged them with possession of firearms. That's a charge, by the way, that the Democrats don't want anybody prosecuted for. Then you're going after the aliens. American citizens, that's another story, unless your name is Hunter Biden, then you get a slap on the wrist, right? Just remember, Hunter had a gun. Hunter's not in jail. What happened there? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, but we need gun control. The Democrat Party is doing everything in its power to disarm law-abiding American citizens. We have to know who you are. They have the red light law, right? Some neighbor says, oh, this guy's crazy, and then they're going to look to take your gun away without even due process. Now, by the way, the Biden administration wants to defund schools that dare teach archery or hunting skills to kids. Even some Democrats are saying to Biden, this is a bridge too far. What are you doing? So Americans, you cannot have a bow and arrow. No, 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 no. That sounds dangerous. We don't want you to learn how to hunt. It might require the use of a sharp knife, so that's not good. But if you're an alien who entered the United States by sneaking into the country, we want to give you a gun and a badge and handcuffs and tell you to go out there and have a good old time. And why are we not hearing much from the Republican Party? Have they lost their voices? Have their tongues fallen out of their mouths? This is such a critical issue. And we have seen where countries have gotten their people to become U.S. citizens so they can join the military and or join law enforcement organizations to carry out nefarious deeds for their governments. Let me give you a case in point. And I wrote about this for Front Page Magazine, by the way. I wrote this article uh, about three years ago, just just short of three years ago. Front Page published my article on September 25th, 2020, NYPD officer arrested for spying for China. The subtitle on February 21st, 2020, the Department of Justice issued a press release New York City Police Department officer charged with acting as an illegal agent of the Chinese government. Okay? Now think about that. This guy who came here from China concealed the fact that he was part of the Chinese military, became a United States citizen, joined our military, and also became a New York City police officer and got himself a position within the NYPD as the community relations officer in a precinct in Queens, New York, that is a heavily Chinese precinct, and he targeted specifically citizens who were from, um, uh, I believe it was Tibet, spying on them, trying to control them, and seeking to recruit spies, allegedly, for China. Think about that. So here's a guy who becomes a police officer by concealing his involvement with the Chinese military and in Chinese intelligence services, 
so that he could conduct espionage in the United States. And we know, if you've been following the news, that China has established these so-called illegal police stations in the United States across our country to conduct surveillance of their own citizens to make certain that they don't say things about homeland China that would be embarrassing to the regime. So now we're going to make it easy for Chinese citizens to become police officers in New York City, in, uh, sorry, in Illinois. Look at the, the New York cop. And they won't even have to be U.S. citizens. All they got to do is somehow get authorization to work in the United States, maybe apply for asylum, maybe look for practical training because they're going to school. And as long as they have that document that says authorized to work, Illinois wants them to be part of their law enforcement cadre. Again, we come back to the fundamental question. How in the world is this in the best interest of America or Americans? Why in the world would you allow foreign nationals to become police officers while doing everything possible to erect hurdle after hurdle against law-abiding American citizens who simply want to exercise their Second Amendment right, a Second Amendment that the lunatic left absolutely hates. They're happy to give guns out to aliens but want to take guns away, apparently, from United States citizens. Let that contrast sink in and ask yourself, where is this all taking us? I was just watching what was a riot in Illinois, in Chicago, and the mayor came out and he was asked by a reporter about the mob violence. And he said, mob, don't you dare use that word mob. That's a loaded term, and there's a history of usage of that word, and I won't allow you to use the word mob. If you saw the videos that ran on Fox News this morning, you had hundreds and hundreds of teenagers rampaging through stores, destroying stores, kicking in windows, stealing merchandise, and trashing everything in sight. Not a mob. The mayor set everybody straight. This is not a mob. It's a gathering of children. It was a large gathering of children. Really? Where are we going with this? How many more people have to die? How much more damage has to be done to America before we wake up? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I was a fan of hers. I didn't always agree with everything, but this is America. We've got to learn to start speaking with one another as Americans the way we used to, folks. There was actually a, a, a guy that does columns in the New York Times talking about it, how all these elitists, and he considered himself one of them, who hate Donald Trump, have alienated blue-collar Americans who actually do something to build our country up. You know, he said, we're walking around telling everybody, we went to those universities, we have all the answers. Uh, I go back to my parents again who warned me. They said, Mike, if you ever meet someone who tells you they have all the answers, run for your life. They're full of it. Okay, we have all the answers. He said, no, we really need to start to talk to our fellow Americans, even if they didn't go to the Ivy League schools. How wonderful of them. Isn't it so nice? We're Americans, folks. We've got to stop this nonsense about dividing ourselves left and right and college educated and non-college educated. You know, there's a world of difference between being educated and being intelligent. How many dopey PhDs have you met? I've met a barrel load. Okay, and we're told follow the science, but I just have to make the point. Follow the science. You know, if you watch the astronomy programs, and I do, I got hooked on astronomy in the third grade. I was going to be an aerospace engineer. 
things don't always go as planned. You know, I'm Jewish. We have an expression um, in, in the Jewish faith, God makes plans. I'm sorry, man makes plans and God laughs. Uh, my parents tragically died of cancer when I was in college. My ability to study went out the window. My dreams of becoming an engineer uh, did not materialize, but actually were postponed a generation because two of my four kids are amazing engineers, graduated with honors. I'm real proud of my kids. Okay. But I'm always into science, always have been, always will be. And if you turn on the science channels, you will listen to the astrophysicists with certainty. It's carved in stone. The universe formed 13.8 billion years ago in the Big Bang. Put that in your book. There it is. Put it in your, in your calendar. Now suddenly they're looking at the data. They're the astrophysicists, and some of them are saying, gee, you know, it might not have been 13.8 billion years ago. It might have been more than 26 billion years ago. But we're following the science. Oh, and some other astrophysicists looked at the data and said, mm, you know what? It might not have been a big bang at all after all. What? But these are the people who have all the answers. Climate change, COVID, the vaccines, they have the answers. And if you didn't go to their school, you're an idiot and your opinion doesn't mean diddly. Really? Got to stop. It's really got to stop, but we've got to learn to have respect and empathy for one another. There is such a lack of empathy and consideration and respect in America today, and it's ripping us apart. It's ripping us apart. Try to get on the highway and see how many people are willing to let you in. Me, 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 me first, right? These are people who are grammatically challenged. They only conjugate verbs in the first person singular. And then they are upset that other people don't agree with them, even though they know how brilliant they are, because they went to these brilliant schools. Sure thing. We need to look at each other as fellow Americans. We need to focus on those things that make us most similar, the things that unite us, not the things that divide us or make us dissimilar. Race, religion, ethnicity are, in my judgment, trivial. We all have the same dreams and hopes for ourselves and our children if we're normal and rational. We want to live in a country where you feel secure, where you're safe to go out and do shopping and live out your life and go on vacation. You want a country where anybody willing to study hard, work hard, and, and benefit from a little bit of good luck might write the next great American success story. This fantasy, oh, we need to bring in all these foreign workers because either Americans are too stupid to do the high-tech work or too lazy to do the physical work is bald-faced nonsense, and we need to reject it, and we need to grow a spine and stand up to these people that try to intimidate us and tell them to take a long walk on a short pier but don't bring a life preserver. See? This has been a game of intimidation being foisted on us by the lunatic left, by the elitists. Oh, we know better than you. Ha! Sure they do. Don't believe it for a heartbeat. Again, I remind you, there is a world of difference between being educated and being intelligent. Half of those elitists can't cross the street without assistance. They go after white men, say, oh, my God, toxic masculinity. Folks, it was toxic masculinity that rescued freedom and democracy during the Second World War, in every war, in point of fact. It was toxic masculinity that got our astronauts into space and even onto the moon. 
toxic masculinity. It's one thing to say, I'm not the same as you. Respect the fact that I have difference or that I am different. I agree with that. No one has the right to tell anyone else how to live their lives. I really believe that. I'm a libertarian where it comes to that stuff. Life is a tough proposition. I've lost too many people and seen too many tragedies to not feel that this is really a tough existence that we have, and it's only a short and temporary existence. One of my favorite bumper stickers says, be kind to the people you meet. You don't know the battles they're fighting. So if you are of the belief that we should be respecting each other and allow people to live their lives as they see fit, sign me up. I'm all in. But if you're going to stand there and point the finger and say, oh, those white people have, you know, a certain benefit, right? White privilege and masculinity. No, now you're not looking for equality. You're looking for supremacy over everybody else because somehow you've put yourself on a pedestal and it's time we kicked you off that pedestal. Enough is enough. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg spoke about how America's mascot should not be the bald eagle but a pendulum. And she said throughout history, whenever this country has managed to get itself out of whack, out of kilter, and we've gone off into the weeds in one direction or the other, we've always had the good common sense to push America back towards center. The time has come to push America back towards center, folks. But look at the damage that's being done. An idiot governor and legislature want to give aliens, including aliens who snuck into the country, guns and badges and handcuffs while they're concerned about American citizens who carry firearms? Are you nuts? This should be rejected. This needs to be challenged in court. Because God only knows there will be other states looking enviously at Illinois and saying, what a great idea. We can arm all these aliens and we can disarm American citizens. What could possibly go wrong with that scheme, I wonder? And then a friend of mine made a comment, and it's worth repeating to you. If you missed it, there's now a movement in Congress to examine and study loneliness in America. Well, let's see how that started. It started with COVID and the lockdowns, and then all the crime has convinced the elderly and vulnerable that it's not safe to leave their homes. So you have the elderly living out the last years of their lives in basically a jail cell, their apartment. They're fearful that if they go out to buy some groceries, if they go for a walk, they will be attacked, they might catch a stray bullet, something terrible will happen to cut their lives short. You measure the civility of a society by the way it treats its most vulnerable. The most vulnerable of any society are the very young and the very old. The lunatic left has done one hell of a job on children, trying to sever their ties to their own parents, this whole nonsense about transsexuals, outrageous. And we need to stand up and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Parents have the right to raise their own children. That's what freedom really looks like. That's freedom. You're going to have a school tell you what your children are going to be exposed to, whether it's explicit sexual material when they're in the second grade or whatever. That's insane. That's insane. We're putting people in jail for promoting kiddie porn, but you've got educators 
telling children that it's okay to change their sexes, that sex is fluid. Really? Sex is fluid? I, I, I mean, when, when you stop and think about it, I, I could think of some obscene jokes I could make about the notion of sex being fluid, but this is no laughing matter. And you have idiot Americans who want to be part of the in crowd, who don't want to buck anybody, and they say, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to allow the school to make those decisions about our own children. They may know better than we do. These are parents who shouldn't have children. We need to stand up in defense of our families and defense of our children. This is about creating a dystopic society, and we're seeing it play out. There was just a riot in lower Manhattan because some supposed influencer promised to distribute video games or some nonsense. And they turned Union Square Park into a zoo tonight. We are destroying ourselves from within. You have people fleeing the likes of Chicago and San Francisco. Their tax base is dwindling, the same thing in Seattle, the same thing in cities in Oregon. People are fleeing. You have homelessness through the roof. And you have Republicans saying, gee, we don't know if Joe Biden has really committed an impeachable offense considering the phone calls or the calls that he was involved with with his son. How about the fact that from everything that I could see, DHS under Biden has not, is now running the biggest human trafficking operation in the history of the United States. How about the fact that more narcotics are flowing into our country right now than at any time in the history of this great nation? That every year hundreds of thousands of people are dying because of drugs and violence associated with violence and transnational gangs. And the beat goes on. And you have the Republicans wringing their hands and saying, well, is this really impeachable? They impeached Trump for a phone call, but I, I don't know. Well, look at Article 4, Section 4, the next time someone starts throwing the Constitution around. Article 4, Section 4 says that the states are to be provided with a Republican form of government and protected against invasion and domestic violence. If what we're experiencing isn't an invasion, then I want someone to buy me a new dictionary. But the politicians don't care because they're getting their campaign contributions, which are thinly veiled bribes by people who are literally and figuratively making out like bandits because of all that is happening. Realize that. Realize that. That's how bad things are right now. And, and so understand where we stand. Understand where we now stand. We are in the middle of a battle for survival of our nation and the future of our children and our grandchildren. Nothing less than that. Nothing less than that. And, and that's something that I don't understand. I have no idea. So the problem that we have is, is, is why in the world are we being so sanguine and laid back about this? What are we doing? What in the world are we doing? Why are we allowing this to happen? If you want to talk about victimhood, America is turning itself into a country of victims being run around by a very small majority that have intimidated us into doing things that are unthinkable with our children, with our lives. It's time to stand up and act like adults, folks. It really is. 
And the immigration issue goes far beyond the southern border. I keep coming back to this lunacy about the southern border, right? What in the world are we doing with the southern border? Is the southern border a problem? It's absolutely a catastrophe. Don't misunderstand me. But you also have people vilifying desperate people from all over the world who are heading for the United States, creating the biggest haystack in history, while some very deadly needles are making their way into our country. There are desperate people who have no electricity and no water. I I read a statistic not long ago that something on the order of a billion people have no electricity. Does it get more desperate than that? They can't feed their children. Their children are dying of disease and malnutrition. So they're coming here. Of course they are. But the solution to world hunger isn't to bring all the world's poor here any more than the way that you take care of homeless people is invite them to live in your house. America, as we have seen time and again, is a country of finite resources. But then when you look at Joe Biden with the allegations against him, you have to ask the question. Now, I'm not making an accusation. I'm only asking a question. If Joe Biden profited by those phone calls that he participated in with Hunter, might there have been other phone calls involving China that we don't know about? Because China is making out like a bandit by pumping fentanyl into the United States and laundering the drug money of the cartels, right? Espionage off the, tra- off the rails, American farmland being sold to China, including farmland that's near military bases. China now stealing intellectual property in terms of the unique seeds that are being sown by our farmers to grow, you know, hardier wheat and corn and so forth? Could it be that they're looking to create, uh, you know, a plant virus to destroy our food supply? We don't know what they're doing. We have no clue. But they're making it clear that they want to dominate the world, and they'll stop at nothing. And we're still doing business with them as though, oh, they're not polite. They They didn't take their shoes off after they stepped in the mud and walked into our house. No, this isn't a matter of courtesy. It's not a matter of not fair. It's a matter of hundreds of thousands of Americans, many of them young people, dying because of drugs flowing into our country because of China, because of Iran and Hezbollah operating throughout Latin America. But the aliens are coming through the northern border as well as through international airports. In fact, there was just a report today or yesterday. Here we go again. ABC News reporting. Two U.S. Navy sailors arrested for allegedly spying for China. This was published yesterday. Now, what's really remarkable is that one of the aliens in question, according to ABC News and according to the military, became a United States citizen last year and then promptly was able to get his hands on classified military information that he allegedly shared with China. His U.S. citizenship, US citizenship certificate was the key to the whole deal. And we've seen it time and again. I talked about the terrorist last week who uh, was sentenced to life without parole for his job helping ISIS, which resulted in death overseas. Luckily, not in this country, but overseas. And dead is dead. They said that he was a recruiter. He was a propagandist. Guy was a pretty big deal in ISIS. And he was identified in the DOJ press release as Brooklyn resident. 
But when you read the indictment, the very first item in the indictment stated that this guy was from Kosovo and it entered the United States on a green card. We now have another terrorist in Florida who's just been identified helping ISIS. So time and time again, what do we see? A nexus between immigration, terrorism, crime, national security issues for America. Why? Why in the world are we allowing this to happen and no one is doing anything of consequence? Why do we still have so much manufacturing in China? Well, we know damn well that tomorrow morning they could close the tap and most of our pharmaceuticals go away. They've made it clear. They're not concealing it. They're telling us right up front, we're going to dominate the world. We're going to surpass you. And they're as hostile as they come towards us, and they're arrogant, still doing business because corporations don't want to suffer economic losses. So I guess the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who are dying because of fentanyl and all these other issues that we can trace back to China are just the cost of doing business. What are you complaining about? What's a couple of hundred thousand dead bodies? What's wrong with you, right? And after all, the funeral homes are probably enjoying the increased business. And business is business. Now think of all the money being moved around the, United, around the world between the drug traffickers and aliens working in America, going to Western Union, going to the banks, going to all these money wire services. Think of them as moving companies. People come to America, they do business, they send money out of the country, and these money remitters get their piece of the action. They're the silent partner. And they don't care if the money was earned by a doctor who came to America to save a baby's life or the money was earned by a woman working um, under duress in a brothel here in the United States sending money back to her family. They don't care. Money is money, and they're raking it in because we have wide-open borders. And when I was at a hearing, and I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again, one of the witnesses who was testifying at the same time with me on the issue of border security before the House Judiciary Committee was affiliated with an organization that had a link to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and he came up to me during a recess while the members of Congress went to vote on some measure or some bill or whatever, and he said, Mr. Cutler, you've got to stop this nonsense about the need for border security. You know what that border is? He said, yeah, it's our first and last line of defense. He said, maybe to you, but me and my colleagues, it's an impediment to our wealth. You're costing us a ton of money, and it's got to stop. I said, yes, but without a secure border, people will die. He said, get over it. People die every day. Do cry about it? And he went on. And I'm not going to bore you with my response, but believe me, it was a strong response. But that's what we're dealing with. You see commercials warning people about fentanyl use? I'm no big fan of Robert De Niro, but what happened to his 19-year-old step-grandson is a tragedy. And according to his family, they said he bought what he thought was prescription drug from somebody that he knew on the street. That's still going on? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Why are there no commercials warning about that? Could it be that there's just so much money being made because of the flow of narcotics into the United States that the banks and the remitters and all the people involved don't give a rat's tail who dies? doesn't matter. Collateral damage. People die every day. Get over it, right? And we're told that this is a government of the people. 
by the people, for the people? What people are we talking about, ladies and gentlemen? That's the question. What are we talking about? Understand the situation that we're in. I've never seen anything this bad, this outrageous, or this disturbing. But I go back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said the national motto, or the national um, mascot should be a, a pendulum. Maybe it had to get this bad for us to finally wake up. We need to sit down with our neighbors and stop this nonsense. By the way, the lunatic left are not liberals. Stop calling them liberals and libertards and all this other name-calling and all this other foolishness. There's nothing liberal about the cancel culture. There's nothing liberal about shutting down free speech. There's nothing liberal about Antifa. The only anti-fascists that I'm aware of were the men and women of the military who gave their lives or came home grievously wounded fighting the Nazis during the Second World War. If you want to talk about anti-fascists, well, then... Those are the anti-fascists. But these clowns that are running down, starting riots and intimidating people on college campuses, anti-fascists, no, they are indeed the fascists. They are the totalitarians. They are the authoritarians. They are the thugs. And they've intimidated a generation of Americans into compliance. You know, my... First wife died tragically of cancer decades ago. Her mother was in a concentration camp. And I remember over dinner asking her, how in the world did this happen? How did they suddenly show up at your doorstep and pull you out of your house in the middle of the night? And her answer was very simple and very chilling. She looked me in the eye and she said, let me tell you something. Thought it to get bad, but everyone kept saying it can't get worse. And they continued to say it can't get worse until the day they came to my house and came to my neighbor's houses and we found ourselves on trains going to concentration camps. I'm not saying that's where we're headed, but we also must remember that history has a tendency to repeat itself. That's the reason to study history, not erase history. The people that you're calling liberals want to erase history. They don't want you to learn the lessons that history should have taught us all. I wasn't a huge fan of Ronald Reagan didn't like the fact that the guy gave us the first massive amnesty, that the guy gave us uh, the visa waiver program, the diversity visa, and really thought that civil servants were the problem. You know, government isn't the solution. Government is the problem as he's running for president. Didn't like that. But that's me. But he did say something that I really agree with. Freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. We have been living too high on the hog, too happy, too contented, and we've gotten too soft. And at some point, you have to stand up and say, enough is enough. I think we're there, folks. You know, they say, say when? Well, I think this is well beyond when. Time for Americans to get together as Americans, have rational, peaceful, thoughtful, fact-based conversations, and discuss with our neighbors, our friends, family. Let's look for common ground. We can disagree about abortion. I know Feelings run high about abortion. I understand it. Feelings run high about other issues also. But if we can't control who or what comes into our country, we can't survive. During one of my hearings before Congress, I made the statement that a house with no, I'm sorry, a country without secure borders can no more stand than a house without walls. We have no borders at all. 
international airports are wide open. That's why last year, according to um, Judicial Watch, nearly 900,000 aliens who were admitted into the United States and were supposed to depart after a limited period of time failed to depart. There's no consequences to violating immigration laws or violating our sovereign borders. Our immigration laws were designed very simply to protect public health, public safety, national security, and the jobs and wages of Americans. Yet the globalists from both parties somehow have bamboozled Americans, intimidated them into believing that anybody who calls to secure borders and fair but effective immigration law enforcement is somehow a bigot or a racist or, or, or an evil person of one sort or another, and nothing could be further from the truth. Time to stand up. Time to make it clear to everybody that we have had it, that we're not going to be pushed around. The time is now. Have those conversations with your neighbors. The facts, common sense, the law, and morality are all on our side. There's nothing compassionate about all these homeless people pouring into the United States. There's nothing compassionate about overwhelming America's infrastructure, America's hospitals, schools. We're overwhelmed. You know, I used to say that they should call comprehensive immigration reform the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. In fact, at the time, Senator Sessions back in 2006 quoted me when I wrote that in an op-ed for the Washington Times and then sent me a certificate commemorating it in which he said that it was his belief that his ability to use my words enabled him to convince enough members of the U.S. Senate to vote down comprehensive immigration reform. I now also add another title to comprehensive reform. I call it the Overwhelm America Act. We are being overwhelmed across the board. That's why I once wrote a piece where I said that they should have to do an environmental impact study before anybody even begins to talk about any kind of substantive changes to immigration laws or policies. So here we are. Again, the laws, the facts, common sense on our side. This is about the willful destruction of America's middle class because, again, to quote the title of another article I wrote about the Democrats, even though I'm a registered Democrat, these folks aren't Democrats, I said that for the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail. They want to drive Americans into poverty so that they become reliant on the government, and that reliance gives them control over us. These are the ultimate control freaks. And Kamala Harris, let it be known just a couple of weeks ago, that today the average family could not find itself in need of $400 without going bankrupt, $400. For the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail, and indeed we are failing. But this can be reversed if we all get together and do what is necessary to get rid of any politician who truly does not represent the best interests, not of America, but Americans. Too frequently, America first means American corporations and banks. We need a policy that says simply, Americans first. Hope you'll join me. Hope you'll take it to heart. Hope you'll have those conversations with your neighbors. And remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. I thank you for joining me. Please share the link to this program with as many of your friends and neighbors as you can. And we'll see you again next week right here.